So we are on week four now of a series that we're calling Stories of the Kingdom. I think we're going to have two more weeks. Pastor Tiffany is actually going to preach this next week, so I hope you guys will come out for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but what we've been doing is we've been, been going through and, and looking at different things that Jesus both did and taught that were related to the kingdom of God. And we've been trying to mine some truths out of what he taught there. So the first week we learned that God's kingdom is any place where God's will, his purpose, or his agenda is fulfilled. We said that in God's math there's more than enough. And, uh, and so we learn, when we learn to put our trust in him, God will provide for everything that we need. The, the second week we talked about how it's not just a place, but God's kingdom is any person on whom his will, his agenda, his purpose is fulfilled. That we are God's representatives on earth, and that when he speaks to us, we are called then to enact his will. So we want to be a people that listen and respond to what the Spirit of God wants to do in us. Last week we talked about how the abundant life is available to all, but that only those who work to prepare their soil will receive it. We, we looked at a parable where, where the, Jesus said that the farmer is scattering seed. And it, it almost seems like he doesn't care where the seed goes. He's going to figure it out later. And so there was, there was four different types of soil. And it was our responsibility then, with the Spirit's help, to prepare our soil to be able to receive the word that God is speaking to us. This week, we're going to go back to Matthew chapter 13. So if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn over there. And, uh, and, and bef- while you guys are turning there, I've got a, a, a little story that I want to read to you guys. So the Smith house, and I, I, okay, we do have a picture of that. Praise the Lord. This is one of the two pictures that I forgot until, all right. The Smith house, and I have no idea how to pronounce the name of this town, Dahlonega, Georgia, has been sitting on a gold mine for more than a century. During renovation of the Landmark Hotel back in February of 2006, workers discovered the entrance to a four-foot-wide hole under the concrete floor in the main dining room. The hole goes straight down 19 feet to the entrance of a gold mine under the building. Captain Frank Hall built the house in 1884. As legend has it, the city wouldn't permit him to dig for gold on the property, partly because it was too close to the downtown square, and so they were afraid of the noise that it would cause and, and complaints. And so, uh, so uh, anyway, it says he, it would appear that he built the house to cover up his mining operation. So he just bought the property, built a house over the top of it, and continued to mine the gold in secret until his health failed him and he had to sell the land. The owner of the hotel, Chris Welch, said, we never would have known that it was there if it hadn't been for chipped up concrete that caused us to investigate. He said, for many years, the owners have joked with the patrons that they were sitting on a gold mine. They had no idea how true that statement really was. It makes you wonder what kind of treasure we might be overlooking in our own lives, doesn't it? So Matthew chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 31 to 33 and then verses 44 and 45 and uh, what we're going to look at here today is we're going to look at some parables. There's actually four different parables in this section that, that Jesus teaches that give us a picture of what the kingdom of God is like. So what he says here, Matthew 13, verse 33, says this. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven 
Oh, uh, verse 31 first, sorry, 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. It is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and they perch in its branches. Verse 33, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it, all wor- until it, worked, until it worked all through the dough. And then skipping down to verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. A lot like that, that captain in our story earlier. And then verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything that he had and bought it. Father God, I just ask over these next few minutes that you would help us to understand from your word just what makes the kingdom of God so valuable that somebody would be willing to give up everything that they have in order to own it. And God, I pray that that as as we talk this morning that your spirit would speak to us and God, that you would encourage in us that same sort of response that we would be willing to give up things that have been holding us back in order to see your kingdom advanced in our lives, and here on earth. Father, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So when we put these four parables together, there's three specific things that we see out of them. So we have the the parable of the mustard seed. Again, it's the smallest seed, and yet when, when it grows up, it says even birds are able to perch in its branches. It provides shelter for, for everything in the garden. So we have the small seed that grows. We also have this yeast that's dropped into a batch of flour. And when it's dropped in, it works unseen in the background. And it, it continues until it works its way through the entire batch of dough. And then we have two, two parables of things that are encountered. We've got the hidden treasure where a man is walking through the field, stumbles across it, and is like, I need to own this field so that I can have access to this treasure. And then the last one is that pearl, where a guy is going out and he's looking for pearls. He finds one with great value, sells everything, and does it. So what do we learn from these four parables? The first part is that we learn that the kingdom of God starts small. And for some of us in here, we've had experiences, or even our experience with coming to God was... I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. I, you know, I have a friend that invited me. I guess I'll go and check it out, but I don't really see how this is going to benefit my life at all. And, and so we, we came in, and it was, it, was kind of, it was kind of overlooked, but a friend invited us, so we were polite, and they promised to buy us lunch afterwards. So we decided to go and to be a part of what was happening. And when we got there, we saw that, that there was something, there was a, a seed that was planted inside of us, and it continued to grow. So we learned that the kingdom of God starts small, that sometimes it appears insignificant. In fact, when, when Jesus was teaching this, he resisted several times already in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. He resisted several times people's attempts to make him king, didn't he? He resisted that because he knew that he was going to have more impact as he was going around from city to city and town to town, preaching and teaching. He knew that that was the way the kingdom of God was going to grow. But if he became ruler, then then it wasn't going to happen. So he was willing to allow it to start small and to grow into something 
that, that now we see has spread across the entire world. The kingdom of God starts small, but just wait, because it's going to grow up inside of us. We also learn that the kingdom of God spreads unseen. When you drop yeast into a batch of dough, you can't see it working right away, can you? But, but yet, when, when it does work, you'll come back, and you know, we used to get these, these little dough balls, we'd put them in a, a cupcake tray, and you'd, you'd uh, I think you'd like spray them with butter or something, you left them on the counter, and then you'd just walk away, right? And a couple hours later, you'd come back, and what happened? Those balls are like four times the size now. They're, they're overflowing the cupcake tray. And it's, it's because in the background, unseen, unbeknownst to us, it was at work. And it was expanding and it was growing. And something was happening that we couldn't see. But when we came back to it, we saw it. So the kingdom of God spreads unseen. The, the word there, um, the, uh, the word for, let's see, um, the word for mixed so it says the kingdom of, of heaven is like yeast that, is, uh, that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour, uh, I'm sorry, until it worked all through the dough. So that word worked there is the Hebrew word encrypto. What it means is, is literally inside hidden. So it says, it says that, that she worked it in, but, but it, what it means is that it was folded inside of, that it was hidden inside, and yet it spread until it made its way through the entire batch of dough. And then we see two stories that Jesus taught. So the, again, our first point, the kingdom starts small. The second point, the kingdom spreads unseen. But then uh, we have two different stories of people that encounter something. And when they find it, they're like, I have to give up everything to get this thing. I have to get, give up everything to, to acquire it. And so what we see here is that the, the kingdom has surpassing value. But it's more important than whatever sacrifice we would have to make in order to acquire it. And, and there's kind of this fun, fun play that happens between these four stories where, where we have the, the um, we've got so the, the mustard seed, then we have the yeast, then we have the treasure that's hidden in a field, right? And in the same way that the treasure is hidden in a field, we see that the, the yeast was hidden in the dough. So they, they kind of match up their, uh, their, their parallel um, parables there and then and then we have the pearl that is a small thing but it's incredibly valuable just like the mustard seed from the top so there's kind of this this interesting place so, so a lot of uh, commentaries lump all four of these parables together because they they play off of each other in that way um, but but one thing I noticed when it because I, I was like why did why did Jesus teach two different parables that were basically the same lesson where it's like it's like, okay, you know, you find something valuable and so you give up everything to get it. But one thing I noticed as I was reading through these different parables is, is with the treasure that's hidden in a field, the, the man is just walking and he encounters something. And he's like, okay, I need to, I need to have this thing. He wasn't, he wasn't out looking for treasure, right? He just happened to stumble across it. And for a lot of you guys in here, I know because I've heard your stories, that is your experience. You weren't looking for God. But you, you walked, you were just going along your life, and you happened to encounter him, and all of a sudden it changed everything in your life. And I know a lot of you guys in here, you have that story. But then the pearl tells the story of a different person who's out, and they are actively looking, right? And so that's, that's more my story, because I was raised in church. 
I grew up around God. I, I grew up in a, in a church that was going through revival at the time, so my heart was always pulled towards God. I was always looking. And yet, whether, whether you were far from God and just kind of wandering, or you were purposefully searching, we found something valuable, didn't we? We found something that has made an incredible difference in our life. And so today, as we, as we talk for the next few minutes, what I want to ask us, and what I, what I want us to ask ourselves, and I, I put it in your notes this morning, is what is it about the kingdom that is so attractive, either now or in the future, that it would be worth the weight, like the yeast, and that would, or like the yeast and the, um, and the mustard seed, or that it would be worth the sacrifice, like the treasure and the pearl? What is it about the kingdom of God that's so valuable that it would be both worth the weight and worth the sacrifice. We all in here know what sacrifice is, don't we? We know what it means to sacrifice. Those of you that either you, you are a parent or you have parents, right? That should cover everybody, I think, in the room. Either you are a parent or you had parents. And for some of you, it applies to both. You had parents and you are a parent. Um, you know... <laughs> that parenting a lot of times is sacrifice. When you're a teenager, it's hard to see it. It's hard to see how your, how your parents are sacrificing for you. But um, if you're sitting with your kid this morning, just go ahead and elbow them because uh, <laughs> parenting is sacrifice. It's hard work. It's, it, 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 I mean, why else this morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm sleeping, I'm, I'm fast asleep, and, and all of a sudden, somebody is tapping on my shoulder 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I, I'm, at first, I I'm, I'm, have no idea where I am or what's going on, and then, and then eventually my mind kind of reorients to, oh, there's somebody else in the room with me, right? And it's not Tiffany, it's some, somebody else. And so I, I look over, and, and Owen is standing there, and he's tapping on my shoulder. He's like, Dad, my leg is cramping. And so I'm like, oh, darn it. Can't you just like rub your calf and go back to bed. <laughs> no, so I, I, you know, got up with him, went, and, and like, like a lot of parents in this room, I sacrificed a little bit of my sleep in order to get him the medicine that he needed so that he could get back to sleep. Um, and, uh, and a lot of you guys have had to do that. You've had to endure late night feedings with, with newborn babies, haven't you? And, and there have been those times where, where you just needed 15 more minutes right? But, but they're, they're there, and they're, they're crying, and you're like, okay, I got to drag myself out of bed. Or how many times have you tried to hide yourself in the bathroom? Because you're like, I just, just need a break for a second, but they're, they're knocking at the door, aren't they? Because they need something, and the world is ending, and it's got to happen right now. And so you get up, and you go, and you take care of them. How many of you in here have had to uh, work two jobs in order to help send your kids to college? I know some of you have, and, uh, and so you, you sacrifice and you do what it takes in order to make sure that your kids have a better life. Or for some of you, you put your career on hold so that you could raise your kids and so that you could, so that you could love them and show you, so that you could provide a godly household for them. And you did that because you love them and because you were willing to sacrifice for them. You've given up sleep to take care of a sick child. You've relocated your family to get away from a bad situation or you relocated your family to pursue a good opportunity. All of these things are ways that we sacrifice for our kids. 
And in the same way, God calls us to a, a level of sacrifice that says that it's not just, it's not just a, a one-time thing. Any of us can get out of bed one time for somebody, right? But it's that fifth night in a row, you know, or you're, you're getting up and they, they threw up all over the bedroom and now you've got to get up and you've got to clean it up and, you know, and, it's, and, and then you have to go to work the next morning. They get to continue sleeping, and you got to go to work the next morning. All of you parents in here, nod your heads so that, so that I know you're, you're tracking with me. Um, we know what sacrifice is, and God is calling us to this same thing, isn't he? Through, the, through these parables of the pearl and of the treasure, we see that there is something that is so valuable that it's worth giving up everything. I want to um, focus on three things right now. Now, this isn't by any means an exhaustive list of what we find in the kingdom, but we're going we're gonna to look at three things right now that, that God, uh, I believe, wants to use to, to speak to some of us this morning. Um, the first one is that in the kingdom of God, we fulfill our purpose. Some of us have gotten stuck in a rut where, you know, you need, it, uh, you need a place to live. You need transportation. So you get a job so that you can pay for your place to live. You can pay for, trans- pay for transportation. You can pay for food so that you can get to your job, so that you can earn money, so that you can pay for the things, so that you can live, so that you can go to your job and earn money. And it feels like there's just this cycle. And, and you're, just, you're just working to live and you're living to work. And, and it feels like that's just the, the cycle that you find yourself stuck in, but God has a purpose for you outside of that. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is standing with his disciples. This is after his death and resurrection, and, and he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, and he's standing with his disciples, and he says, there's one more thing that I want to encourage you with. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We talked about this authority back in week two, so if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, when Jesus first called his disciples, even we see that Jesus called them for a purpose, right? He said, he said, come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, he said, I have a job for you to do. This isn't just you're going to walk around with me, you're going to watch me do some miracles, you're going to listen to my teaching, and that's it. But I have a job for you to do. I've got something that I want you to be involved in. And so I love this in, in Matthew 28 because it's like he says, all authority has been given to me. So he says, it says, you know, uh, by that that talking about authority it's saying what jesus says goes right what jesus says goes when jesus says something we should be quick to obey it and what's he telling us to do he's telling us to go right what jesus says goes and he's telling you to go there's a song by by keith green um incredibly prophetic uh worship leader um even if it's not your style of music it's worth looking up and reading the lyrics um, he, he, the, this is a, um, kind of a bridge to one of his songs, says, says this, he says, this generation of believers that you and me are a part of, we're responsible for this generation of souls all over the world. 
We're responsible for them. We're responsible to pray daily for the needs of ministries around the world and ask God, how about me not sending my money this time? How about me going? He says, it's so easy to write checks. It's so easy. And I love this line right here. And some of you guys aren't going to get it. But, but for those of you that, that do, it's really going to resonate with, with you. He says, it's so easy to write checks. It's so easy. But God can't cash out-of-state checks in heaven. He needs you. Now, I, I heard some of you guys laughing because you remember when this was the case, right? When, when if a check was from out-of-state, you had a whole process that you had to go through. Nowadays, we don't, we don't understand that the same way. But the truth is that Jesus commanded us to go. Jesus commanded us to go. And yet some of us have, have been content to say, I'm just going to send somebody else. I'm going to make sure that somebody else goes. But I'm pretty comfortable where I am. Or I've got all of these things going on. And so the, the question isn't, should you always go? The question is, when is God calling you to go, right? Because God has purpose for you here as well. And so when you go to a family reunion, God might want to use you in that way, right? When you go to the grocery store, God has a purpose for you there. Every time you go, God is trying to do something through you. But the truth is, most of us find our days too busy already. And the busyness leaves us exhausted, and so we feel like we just don't have enough margin. But again, I would call us back to this idea of sacrifice, because when we sacrifice, we find a treasure, we find a pearl that's worth more than anything that we had before. So imagine instead what it looks like to partner with God, to work with God in order to see lives change and to see people who are learning to love like Jesus. In order, it, what, uh, what God wants to do through us is God wants to take, take what's inside of us and he wants to use it to minister to others in the kingdom of God, we fulfill our purpose. In addition to going, Jesus called us not just to go, but to make disciples, right? And we know that discipleship best happens in community. And so in the kingdom of God, point number two here, in the kingdom of God, we engage in community. We find ourselves around other people, and it gives us opportunities to love each other. You see, for years and years, we were taught, or maybe, maybe we weren't taught it specifically, but we bought into this idea that the most important thing that happened on a Sunday morning was one guy standing up front, me sitting in the pews, me, me hearing the Word of God, you know, taking notes, and, uh, and being diligent to, to learn from God. And that was the most important thing that happened in church was, was this, what we're doing right now, me, me communicating to you. Um, COVID taught us something different, though, didn't it? Because COVID taught us that, that you can have church online. If, if what you're looking for is somebody to read the word, chew it up, and then spit it back out to you in a way that you can digest and understand, you don't need to come to church. I mean, you, you go on TV, and you can find access to all of the top preachers in the world Either, either just a station away or just a click away if you go onto YouTube, right? And so we can get content from anywhere. But I don't think the church was ever meant to be about content. 
I don't think the church was ever meant to be just about the proclamation of the word. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't important, what we're doing right now. But what I'm saying is it's not the only important thing. Because when we gather together, and for those of you that are watching on right, online right now, I love you guys. I would encourage you to either get here or to find a local church that you can be a part of. Because what's going to happen when you find that church is you're going to find that there are opportunities that you have to love people. And it's a little uncomfortable. And it, it, it feels um, like a sacrifice. It feels like I have, to, I, I have to give up something that's important to me because I want to see these other people. In John 13, 34, Jesus said this. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Through our, our gatherings, then, we have this opportunity to both give and to receive love. When we come in, uh, if we come in and, and we, we, you know, uh, walk through the door, somebody, somebody greets us, we immediately make our way to our seats, we sit down and we wait for service to start. That's okay if that's where you're at, but don't stay there. Before service, try and come a few minutes early. Head out in the lobby, grab some coffee, talk to some people. Because God wants you to, to start building that community. The, the way that, that we've found that's best to do this is by having you join a small group. Because then there's just, you know, six, eight, ten people together in a room. We're all sharing stories together. We're all laughing together. We're all learning together. We're all growing in our faith together. And so in the kingdom, we get to engage in community. And so we get to be a part of a family that loves you and is there when you need it. And you get to be there for others and support them when they need it. And going back to the, the Great Commission, Jesus said to go and make disciples. This is how we make disciples. By being around each other, rubbing shoulders together, working together, laughing together, crying together. This is how we all grow in our faith. So in the kingdom, uh, in the kingdom we fulfill our purpose. In the kingdom we engage in community. In the kingdom we find hope. So I want to close with this thought. I'm going to have the worship team go ahead and join me up on stage. John chapter 3. Uh, John chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. Right? Here's this idea of kingdom. He says, he says you, you, won't, you won't be able to see it. You won't be able to recognize it. You no, won't know what it is unless something very specific happens, he says, unless they are born again. <laughs> Nicodemus, being the, the, the teacher, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Pharisee that he is, the learned man that he is, understands that, that this, is, this is a pretty absurd statement. So verse 4, he says, Some, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they can't enter a second time in their, into their mother's womb to be born, right? <laughs> what are you talking about, Jesus? How, how is this possible that somebody could be born again? But all of us in here, 
from time to time in our lives have wanted a fresh start, haven't we? We've wanted something new, something different. We, we recognized that we were walking down a path. We're like, I need something new. I need something different. See, in the kingdom, we find hope. Verse 14, Jesus is, is talking to Nicodemus, and he says, uh, he explains to him a little bit what he means, and then he says this. He, he gives another, to, to our minds, kind of crazy story, unless you know the backstory of it. It says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, and if you don't know, I'll explain it in just a second, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So this event happened back when Israel was still wandering in the wilderness. And they were in danger of being wiped out because they came across some venomous snakes that, that rose up because Israel was being disobedient to God. And so there, was the, there were these snakes that came. Uh, people were, were dying all over the place. God go, or Moses goes to God and he starts to intercede for the people. God has him make a bronze serpent and he says, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to lift up this serpent and anybody that looks on it will be saved. And so Moses does just that. He lifts up the serpent and the, the, the snakes are, the, they're, I don't know if they're not poisonous anymore, people are healed or whatever, but, but all of a sudden uh, God takes away that, that problem from them. They, they find the healing that they're looking for. Um, this is a story... Of, of people who were disobedient getting what they deserved. And the truth is, all of us have been disobedient, haven't we? The truth is, all of us in, a, in our lives have, have questioned, have doubted, have, have worried, have wondered, have, have found ourselves taking things that didn't belong to us, have found ourselves angry, um, even though it was our fault, but we're, you know, we, we justify our anger, we justify lying, we justify our lust, we justify our gluttony, we justify all sorts of things, don't we? And yet, the Bi and so what the Bible tells us then in Romans chapter 6 is that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our, our Lord. And what Jesus says here is that, that just like that snake was lifted up, he says, so the Son of Man, and he's talking about himself there, so the Son of Man must be lifted up as well, that anybody that looks to him will have life. Remember how he started? He said that you won't be able to see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Now he says that, that if you look to him, if you see, you'll be saved. If you see, you'll be saved. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Let me read that again. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Some of you guys, all you felt is condemnation. All you felt is people looking down on you. All you felt is people judging you. And you feel like God is the same way. And maybe it's because of how your parents treated you once upon a time. But you, you have this, this view of yourself that either says, I need to work harder to make sure 
that, I, that I'm okay, that I'm justified, that, that I can, you know, prove myself. Or you have a view that says I'm just going to give up because it's not worth it. And so I don't know who that's for this morning, but, but if you're in here, I want you to know Jesus said that the Son of Man, that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't come to make you feel bad about your sin. He came to give you, give you a way out of it. Jesus didn't send his, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's the hope that we have. So in the kingdom, we, we find purpose, we find community, and we find hope. We started this, this sermon today by asking, what would, it, what would be the thing that if you walked across it in a field, or what is it about the kingdom, that if you encountered it somewhere, it would be worth giving up everything. I think the purpose that God gives, the community that you get to be a part of, and the hope that you find are worth giving up whatever it takes. Now, I, I haven't focused too much on the things that you might have to give up, but for some of you, it might mean a relationship. For some of you, you know that there are people in your life that you don't have to completely dismiss them, but you know you can't go hang out with them on Friday night because you know what's going to happen. You know how things are going to how things are going to go. And so you've got to you've got to put that relationship to the side so that you can focus on what's really important. For Pastor Tiffany back in the day, um, it was it was Christian music. God said that she want that he wanted her to give up Christian music. And the reason was was because God wanted her to focus on worship. And there's lots of great Christian bands out there, but they weren't always singing worship songs, right? And so they're singing about life, and they're singing about love, and they're singing about God, but, but God wanted her to focus on worship for a period of time. For me, it was comic books. So that's just, a, just to show you the, the type of person I am. Um, I had hundreds of dollars, and this was like 25 years ago, so it was a lot of money. I had hundreds of dollars worth of comic books that I had scrimped and saved and bought, and God told me to give them all up because God wanted me, instead of reading this, instead of learning this world, instead of, instead of exploring this, God wanted me to explore who he was. So I don't know who, what it is for you. I don't know what that thing is that you're holding on to, but there's a treasure that's available to you. And there's a pearl of great price that when we encounter it, I promise you, and there are a lot of people around this room that would testify to the fact that we gave up something, but what we found was so much greater than what we had to give up. So if you find yourself lost this morning, if you find yourself purposeless this morning, if you find yourself lonely this morning. God wants to invite you to be a part of his family today. So in just a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have everybody bow their heads. And, and if you are in here and you heard the words of Jesus, Jesus says, if you want to be saved, if you want to understand what the kingdom of God is, if you want to be able to have this treasure, you have to be born again. And so we're going to give you the opportunity to do just that this morning. And if you want to accept Jesus into your heart, in just a minute, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to have you raise your hand. And all across this room, we're going to cheer for you. Because 
more than anything, we believe that the purpose that God has given us is to go and to make disciples. And so we want to we celebrate when somebody comes in to the kingdom and the family of God. If you're watching us online today, I want to encourage you. There's a link in the chat. Make sure if you, want to, if you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning, if you want to get saved this morning, I want you to click the link in the chat. Fill out the form there because we, we don't want to just have you get saved and then, and then just let you go. But we believe that there's purpose. We believe there's community. We believe there's hope inside of the kingdom of God. And that's going to come as we walk together. So fill out that form. If you get saved here this morning you're, and you're in church here, there's a next steps card in the seat back of the pew in front of you. Make sure to fill that out. Connect with one of our leaders this morning because we want to encourage you. We want to pray with you. We want to show you um, what it means to be a part of the family of God. So with every head bowed across this place, every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus into your heart. Like I said, what we're going to do is we're going to count to three, and then I'm going to have you raise your hand all across this place. We're going to believe God, that God is going to do a work deep down inside of you, and that God is going to speak to you this morning. So if you're in here and you want to accept Jesus into your heart, on the count of three, go ahead and raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Anybody in here? Got one hand down here. Anybody else? You want to give your heart to Jesus this morning. I see a hand in the back there. Anybody else? You've been looking for purpose. You've been looking for community. You've been looking for hope. And God wants to give it to you this morning. He wants to invite you to be a part of his kingdom. You guys can put your hands down. Is there anybody else? I don't want to move on from this spot until everybody's had an opportunity to respond. Anybody else? All right. Can we give these guys a hand in here? Come on. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that when one person turns back to God, that all of heaven rejoices. And we are so excited. We're so blessed. Um, I want to I say a prayer right now. What we're going to do is we're just going to have you guys repeat after me. It's not the prayer that's important. But what the Bible says is that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to say through this prayer, we're going to say, God, I believe that you're alive, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. In other words, I want you to have influence over my life. I want to respond when you speak to me, and I want to be part of the kingdom of God. So let's pray together. Everybody say, Father God, I know that I've messed up. And more than messed up, I know that I've sinned. Please forgive me. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to be part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. Again, if you raised your hand, make sure to fill out one of the Next Steps cards. Or in just a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the altars. Come down front. We would love to pray with you. We would love to talk with you. Uh, prayer team, we're, we're going to have you come back down. 
again in just a minute as well. Um, Here's the altar call today. What's holding you back? What's stopping you from seeing exactly what God has for you? There's a treasure out there. There's a pearl that God has for you. And even if it it doesn't seem significant right now, what did Jesus promise? He says, start small, but it grows. Sometimes it's unseen, you know, just like a seed planted in the ground, just like yeast working through a batch of flour. Sometimes it's unseen, but all of a sudden it springs up, doesn't it? All of a sudden we see it and we recognize what God is doing. And God is doing something in your life today. But like we learned last week, we've got to prepare the soil. It's on us to prepare that soil. So so in just a second, I'm going to have the worship team lead us. I'm going to invite you to come down front. And if you want prayer, we're going to have our prayer team stationed off to your left. Okay? So prayer team members, make sure you come down over here. If you just want to spend time with God, Okay, but you don't need somebody to, to lay hands on you and pray for you specifically. Just go ahead and come down to your right over here. And so we're going to kind of divide the room like that so that uh, because there's, there's some people in here that, that you just want to give it to God. And you just want to allow God to, uh, to, to take this thing from you. But then when you leave here, you're going to have a choice to make. When you leave here, there's going to be an opportunity for you to pick that thing back up. For you, to, for you to, to go back and decide, you know what? Maybe I just made an emotional decision. Maybe this isn't quite as important as Pastor Jeff made it sound. And so I want to encourage you, again, to find that community. Because this is where we grow. This is where we find hope. If you're watching online and you don't live close by, find a community that you can connect to. Father God, we just ask right now, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. And God, if there's something inside of us that is holding us back from experiencing all that you have for us, Lord, I pray that you would reveal it to us in this moment. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a face, maybe it's a person, maybe it's an opportunity, maybe it's something that we've been too afraid to do, and you want us to step out and do it. God, I don't know what it is for each of us, but God, I believe that you're speaking to all of us in here. And so God, I pray that now as we, as we turn to you, God, God, I pray, help us to give that thing up. God, to sacrifice because the thing, we're, the thing we gain is worth so much more than what we give up. So Father God, we just thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand to your feet at this time. The worship team is going to lead us. If you want prayer, if you have something in your life that you want to give up, if you want prayer, come down to your left. If you want to just spend some time with God, come down to the right. In just a minute, I'll dismiss us. But go ahead and make your way at this time down front here. And, uh, and we're going we're gonna to sing this song together.